Hey, Neil, did you hear that Carl Anthony Towns is going to miss some games? It turns out his wrist needed a break. Welcome to episode 132 of Wolvescast, the show that was fined $25,000 for resting its host last week. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. All that money's coming out of our wallet, Scott. I invented load management. I've been oh. successfully taking rest days since college. Man, we just supposed, we're supposed to do a show when there's an all-star break, not to, not take a week off. There's a whole week of no games. How can the NBA expect us to podcast about a week of nothing? Uh, I don't get it, you know? I mean, the, I guess they just want us to talk about Josh Okoge and the Rising Stars Challenge. We uh. have to do our show. Well, unfortunately, we, or quite fortunately for us, we were in Disney World last weekend, ah. checking out the Star Wars Park, Yes, seeing the Rise of Resistance ride, so uh, we took a little vacation, just like all of our favorite NBA players took a little bit of a vacation. Now we have our batteries recharged for mm. the final third of the season, just like uh, players who don't need rest. <laughs> Breaks should be. That's right. Yeah, we uh, we took the All Star break and uh, yeah, used that used that as an idea to get our own break on. So yeah, we were in Orlando having a good time, and uh, now we're back to do the show. You know, but uh, yeah, we had we had some good times there. We did not we did not go to the NBA Experience at no. uh, Disney Springs. We would have, but we got there too late. Yeah, it's in the former home of Disney Quest. And it's kind of this big big enormous three-story building that you can kind of put whatever in and they have something called the nba experience in there but it's not going very well it's failing it's failing what i hear too expensive although i i thought it was notable i told you this neil at the hotel they had like a little ad for it on the desk Uh where you check in and the photo was of luca Uh luca was a star of the advertisements and i was just like wow (laughs) luca's already arrived the two advertisements i saw were luca and Giannis. And it's just like this is the brave new face of the NBA right here, international guys. Yeah, all star starter and NBA experience. Uh, yeah, yeah, face. poster child, poster man, yeah, yeah poster exactly. child, uh, Luka Doncic there. So, yeah, we had a good time in Orlando. If you ever want to talk about Disney stuff, just holler at us. We'll we'll, we'll do it. We'll we'll do it. Uh, but yeah, we're back to do another episode of Wolves Cast. We're kind of in the you know the stretch run here of the season. You know, there's like six more weeks of the season for the regular season anyway. For the wolves, for the wolves, anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're back. We're feeling energized. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, you know, finish strong here for the last uh, few weeks of the season. And you know what? We also feel energized because it's always great to get an awesome win before we record a podcast. Yeah, feeling good about that. It's easy to be a bummer when you've gotten a week of nothing but losses. But coming off one of the best wins of the season last night, we're recording this on Thursday. You're listening to it on Friday. Yeah, Uh, our win over the Miami Heat, which we'll get into in just a second. I think it's fair to say that we're both jazzed to talk, talk about Tim Wolves today. Absolutely. So today on the show, we'll have week recap. We will uh, have full court press. We'll get into the town's injury and some of the you know stuff about some of the new guys that are on the team and uh, how we see the rest of the season playing out. Uh, we have a sponsor. We are going to uh, make uh, super um, you know super efficient predictions, super uh, you know correct predictions. Um, we have weekly Wolfies and a game. It's going down here on Wolf's Cast. Make sure you stick around through the whole show. Appreciate you guys joining us after a week away. Let's dig right into the week recap, Scott. Wolves are currently 17 and 40. That's right. We won another game, everyone. Ooh, up to up, up from up 16 to, up to 17. Got up to 17. Ah. Our, our second win in the month of February. Offensive rating is 22nd in the league. Defensive rating is 20th in the league. That's good for a net rating of 24th. So, yeah, those, some things are dipping. That, <laughs> that offense and defense be dipping down a little bit lower, you know. But uh, that's, uh, that's how it goes. It started off uh, last Friday. With a loss against Boston, 117 to 127. No Kemba Walker in this game. Um, no Towns through like all of these games here. Um, and this was this game was dominated by uh, Gordon Hayward and uh, Jason Tatum. Right? That's they they really took over. If only one. Gordon Hayward can play every NBA team the way he plays the <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah, the Celtics team would be a favorite to win the title. I'll tell you that much because he kills us. Yeah, he was fantastic, scoring from all over the floor, just just getting whatever he wanted, really. You know, and kind of. Kind of really showing, I think, you know, obviously it's been a few weeks since the trade deadline, but kind of really showing the Swiss cheese defense, I guess, of the Timberwolves backcourt there. And you then know. in good old Timberwolves style, we always joke about how 
one player on the opposite team is going to have a career night yes. or a season night or Has something like that. Has to happen. And the star of this game was Daniel Thies. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a German basketball player, 6'8", but was playing center. And uh, just destroying us on the boards. He was like 25 points and like 16 rebounds. And that was his season high by far in terms of points. <laughs> wow. So I was just like, who's the random player that's going to go off tonight? It was Daniel Thies. Yeah. Who's that Pokemon? Yeah, he was, uh, he was fantastic. Yeah, when you play the Wolves, you're going to get bored. You know, the especially small Timberwolves. Another theme of this uh, week has been Nas Reed overmatched on defense. Uh, yes. He's our, like our only big guy with Cat out of the picture, and he can't stay on the floor. And so we have lots of small ball lineups where James Johnson is our center. And so we are susceptible to begin cleaned off the glass. Yeah, and this was, you know, another one of those games where, you know, the Wolves just, again, just giving up. It's, it's a trend throughout all the games in this week where you'll see the amount of points they give up in the, you know, the 120s. <laughs> that's yeah. that's how that's how this part of the Timberwolves season is going to go, right? It's an outscore you type of situation. Can you outscore your opponent by, you know, just a couple points in the 130s or 120s? Yeah, that's holding like, to a team to be 120 would be great because the lowest we held a team to this week was 126. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty pretty nuts so so yeah the new look nba everybody that's right so uh yeah wolves had you know started off uh you know they had that they had that home game but then they launched into a the one thing uh, i wanted to say about uh, celtics is looking at jalen i I was talking to you about this in disney Mm. looking at jalen brown yeah and jason tatum these guys are bulked up they look like they've been putting in some time in the weight room. Both of these guys are yeah. noticeably thicker mm-hmm. with two C's, thicker <laughs> yeah. than uh, I noticed in the past. And it's just like one of my complaints is that Wiggins and Towns never get bigger. And so uh, I just wonder whatever they're putting in their protein shakes in Boston. Can we get some of that sent to Minneapolis, please? Because we need some of that strength and conditioning for Towns. He doesn't need to get big, but he has uh, stayed rail thin kind of throughout his career. So let's get some of that conditioning work here. Yeah, I think you're right, especially with, you know, I think a lot of the problems with Russell and Beasley in the backcourt is they're just too thin. You yep. know, they're shorter guys, too, and you can't do much about that, but you can do something. Does anyone have, like, strength? a grandma who has great cooking that will thicken them up? Yeah. I had a friend who had to gain some weight so he can climb a mountain, so he went to his grandma's house and lived with her for a couple months. Wow. Yeah. She can, she can put it on the ribs, you know? Get some of that hot dish yeah. in there. <laughs> let's, let's figure it out, guys. We just need some bigger players. Wolves took it on the road uh, on Sunday, uh, losing in Denver 116-128. to 128. Um, afternoon Sunday afternoon game, starting a, starting a trend that I believe we'll have. We have a Sunday afternoon game this week. And then, uh, yeah, next week. we'll keep it going. Yeah, the week after that. So two home games coming up next. And then a week off. And then we have two more Sunday games. Oh, yeah, we're finishing up the season strong. Six uh, six Sunday games, basically. Bring your kids. Six of the Sunday last afternoon. seven Sundays of the season. The Timberwolves are playing most of those games at home. And the most afternoon. Most of those games early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is, uh, that's going to be a trend. Basically, here for the rest of the season is these Sunday games, uh, a lot of matinees. I think the NBA tries to do a few more of those uh, for national TV. Obviously, the Wolves are probably not on national TV, but a few more of those afternoon, you know, Sunday afternoon type games, Saturday afternoon games here and there, uh, fill up that national TV schedule. Uh, and but, you yeah. told me that this Sunday's game is Crunch's birthday. Crunch's birthday's coming up. Longtime yeah. fans of the show know that that's one of my favorite games of the year. Yeah. I love it when mascots. all the mascots come into town. Classic. All the you know Minnesota mascots are there, several traveling uh, mascots. Because that's the thing about going to home games. You never get to see the other team's mascot. But yeah. there's going to be a handful of them uh, getting into some shenanigans for Crunch's birthday. So happy birthday, Crunch. And I hope you have a great time on Sunday. Uh, Wolves in Denver uh, only only fielded nine players. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was resting. They later got fined for that costly resting. resting. Costly resting, yes. Just just straight. Have you up ever rest. taken a twenty five thousand dollar nap? <laughs> Nothing wrong with him. Just needed to just needed some rest. You know that's all. Um, yes, only nine players, and then a bunch of guys got in foul trouble too, which <laughs> made things worse. Especially big a, guys, right? Hernan Gomez and, and Nasri getting into foul trouble. I was like, oh man. Also, a low key theme of this week was foul trouble. We yeah, in foul trouble in Denver. Foul trouble in Dallas. Some. Really crazy foul trouble in Miami. Like uh, Johnson fouled out, and like we had like five or six guys with four or five fouls. There were so many fouls called in Miami, but I also felt the same way about the Dallas game. So uh, and foul trouble, you know, predominantly strikes your your bigger guys. Yeah. You know, it's not like guards ever get into too much foul trouble. So it's like, yeah, it's your bigger guys, and that's where the Wolves are really, really small right now, really thin. 
you know, don't have that many bodies with Towns being out and with trading Gorgie and, you know, trading, you know, Jordan Bell and, and Noah Vonley. All those no. guys are out the door. So it's in depth. Yes. So you have the undersized Nas Reed as your starting center. You have the has no right to call himself a center. James Johnson is your backup center. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah and most nights that's going to be an issue. And they're basically Wolves are basically punting on rebounds and interior defense at right. this point. Bold strategy. We'll see if it works. Yeah. Anything else on the Sunday game, Scott, here that happened? I mean, it was uh, pretty know, fun to watch. It's just, uh, you know, homecoming for Beasley and Wancho. And uh, they both, I think Beasley had his worst game as a Wolf. Uh, but he was trying so hard. It was just emotion. Yeah, exactly. So hard out there. Exactly. He's got to play within himself. Oh, but. Trying to show Denver that he's doing okay still. Right. All this stuff. You can this see is what you could have had, you yeah. know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, even if they struggle in that game, they Beasley had a good week otherwise. Yeah, so uh, kept the kept the road trip going uh, in Dallas. The next night, back-to-back game here. That's tough to play in Denver at altitude one night and then keep it going and travel to, you know, Texas. I wonder if that's why maybe we rested D'Angelo Russell, yeah. NBA. Makes a lot of Scheduling sense. back-to-backs with one in Denver, one in Dallas. Come on. Yeah, but the Wolves uh, falling in Dallas 123-139 to on Monday. Um, you know, this game, not as much of a good game. I feel like Denver game, fun game to watch, kind of, you know, closely contested throughout this game, you know, kind of close in the first half, but then really, really uh, kind of got away from the Wolves. Felt like they were kind of down. I feel like we 15 get, to I think in the first quarter, we, we were like 28 to 40 something. Like, I feel yeah. like in the first quarter, we got down pretty bad. Yeah, actually. we were giving up a lot of points. Yeah, it was a it was a free for all. We just couldn't stop anyone in the, in the paint. It was yeah. just like layup city in the paint. <laughs> yeah. They were scoring everything in the paint. And, uh, yeah, and also there's like a ton of whistles, so it wasn't even that fun of a game to watch because it was just like every other play there was a whistle, and so it was just a lot of stop and go. I was very happy I was watching a replay of this so I could fast forward through all yes. the dead time because there was yes. so much dead time during this game. Yeah, we were we were in Animal Kingdom while this game was happening, so you know that that's that's how that goes, you know. But uh, we had the we had uh, the return of uh, Jake Layman. That's hey. very notable in this game. He's back. He's back. Yeah, he's here. In Layman's terms, <laughs> he's been in the house, and uh, after missing forty one games with a turf toe. If you ever thought your toe could make you miss four week, four months of NBA basketball or something crazy, wow, yeah. unbelievable. But he's back. He's out there now. So it's good to see him. Very, very strict minute restrictions. I think they said a 12-minute minute restriction. Basically, but two- he played 13, oh, guys. Ooh, Ooh bad more. boy Ryan. Snuck out one more. Say an F you to the docs. Careful there, you guys. Um, but uh, yeah, it was good. He looks pretty good. He had a good dunk, and so mm-hmm, he, he's looking mm-hmm. like he's moving around really well. He's yeah. a little rusty, which happens when you sit out half a season and can't really play games in your off time because you're rehabbing an injury. But in terms of pure athleticism, it seemed like it, the foot wasn't bothering him at all, and he was getting around the court really good, at least. Yeah, shot looks good. You know, hit, hit a three or two. Uh, you know, in in his couple games back already, and. Yeah, just looking to see him get a little bit back on track here. and It's fun to watch him run around season. off ball. You know, He makes things happen <laughs> yeah. just by running around. Totally. It's nice when you have that gravity that he has. They got to chase you out there around those screens and stuff like that. Um, and then to wrap things up here on Full Court Press, uh, they ended things with ended this week with a win. Hooray, whoop, one whoop. win. Second win in February, y'all. Yeah, one, one win this year, second win in February. Uh, yeah, Wolves yeah, win. We had uh, yeah. two wins in December, three in January. God. Two in February, although there's the there's Orlando game, game tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we could go oh, as Let's high as three it. wins in February, everyone. Let's get it. Unheard of. Three wins in February. Uh, yeah, Wolves win 129-126. Second win in February, as you said, and it's the second matchup against Jimmy Butler. Uh, you know, he This one went a lot trade. better. <laughs> yes. Last year, Ooh. famously the worst game of Yikes. the year, easily maybe the worst Wolves games in like morale, five years. Morale-wise, yeah, right, really Just got sad. stomped in Philadelphia. Yeah. And this one felt a lot better. Uh, it's actually our second time beating the Heat this season. Uh, wow. They have, uh, like Neil, you said, they have a terrible record on the road. It's, mm. it's really like couldn't be more different between home and road records. The Heat, you mean? Yeah, the yeah. Heat. Yeah, because they had only lost three times at home going into the game last night. Wow. Those three losses, as Dave Benz reminded us, were against the Lakers, the Clippers, and Boston. Three yeah. pretty good teams. Yeah. And a fourth really good team beat them. That's us, the Timberwolves. Hey, 17 wins. But it's weird because, you know, we beat the Heat when they were the third game of the season, our home opener. Mm-hmm. And no Jimmy in that game. A completely different team for the Wolves, too. <laughs> like Only two players are yeah. left from that roster, you know, yeah. pretty much. So, uh, or I guess like Layman played in that game, but still very few players. Um, but we beat them twice, you know, and that's season sweep, you know, a sweep the series. 
the season series. Yeah, basically this game, you know, was, you know, Miami kind of, I feel like Miami lost this game more than Minnesota won this game. <laughs> they were they so were, sloppy. They were so sloppy. So many turnovers will kind of fuel the Wolves offense to be able to get those get those uh, points in transition, find shooters in transition, that kind of thing. Uh, D'Angelo Russell went off for seven threes and made threes in this game. So, yeah, so that, it was mostly fueled by mistakes that Miami made. But, it's also a game of runs. It'd be yeah, like, Miami would get a crazy. 15, 18 point lead or maybe not that high, but they would, they would get like a big lead and then we'd go on a run and catch back up and then they'd go on another run. And so big game of runs, including uh, in the fourth quarter when they really pulled away and looked like they were putting the boot down. I was like, oh, it's over. Yep. And then the Wolves went on a 17-3 to run of their own in the final two minutes. How did they do that? Shades of like the Kings game where we gave up 17 points in the lead yeah. in the final like three minutes. You're right. So yeah, it shades of that. Yeah, we can actually be on the other side of that, it turns out. But, you know, the Wolves, they just would not stop fighting. And that's the reason why, like, even at, you know, three minutes left, oh, man, we're out of this. It's the end of the game. I was like, I'm going to continue watching. This is not a game where I was just like, you know what? It wasn't like over, over. Right. The, the tide the, had turned, seemingly. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it was just refreshing because usually we're on the other end of those runs. It was like the first win we got when we were losing by 10 points in like yeah. a year or something. Yeah, like, come from behind. Insane. So, uh, yeah, the new guys, they don't know the word quit, especially after I think it was Denver. Maybe it was Dallas. They had a team meeting, had to hold each other responsible oh, and accountable. I didn't read that. Yeah. Team meeting after the trade deadline. Michael Malik Beasley. Yep. Not his father, Michael. No, no his M- uncle. Malik <laughs> Beasley. Uh, doesn't t- He takes losing personally, and he's not about to have that. So, uh, yeah, he's it's, a tough guy. It's just crazy to have guys. Uh, I mean, I read, I think it was John Krasinski on The Athletic, wrote about how the Timberwolves had too many guys who were just too used to losing. You know, sure. say what you will, the all normal. the praises of Wiggins and Gorgie, but yeah. those guys are used to losing. You know, eight yes. games out of ten or yes. seven games out of ten, and so now we have a bunch of guys who come from winning cultures who expect better than that, and they take losing personally. And you know, they, this felt like a game where a, a former, per, the early Wolves team of this season would have just laid down and been like, "This is another loss. This is another rap. loss." Yeah. Whereas D'Angelo and Beasley and the guys, they just would not let anyone quit. Yeah, game wasn't over, so they were still competing, still getting shots. And yeah, Jimmy Butler really was the one to turn the ball over so many times there at the end. That Ooh. was so interesting. And three tur- three consecutive turnovers yeah. in like the final minute. Yeah, so I mean, they just needed to hit a, hit like one or two more shots, and that game would have been over. But instead, they're turning it over, and the Wolves are scoring in, bu- in bunches and getting the and ones and stuff like that. It it's made like, it an extra sweet win to see that it was Jimmy's sure. fault that they lost. Yeah, he didn't have a great game. And uh, yeah, it, it was fun because uh, you know the final moments. There were some big moments for Jake Lehman. Welcome back. Hitting some really clutch free throws. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. Four free throws. Hit them all. Yeah, super clutch. And then J-Mac with the kind of the game-winning bucket, you know, that layup where they were doubling Russell. And so he took his man one-on-one and just... Scooped it on up there, you know. He's got it, yeah. Took it was, yeah. He had the mismatch, I think. A bigger, uh, bigger guy. He continues him. to play with courage. Uh, you know, he's a guy who maybe can be like a JJ Brea for us. Yeah. Speaking of guys who took advantage I of like us that, in Dallas, yeah, I like that comparison. Just yeah. a small guy small who can, guy. you know, hit the threes, get the layups. You know, nice. Take you off the dribble. So final line for D'Lo, his best game as a Timberwolf: twenty-seven points, six assists, five rebounds, seven threes, three steals, and a game-saving block. Ooh. Jimmy Love it. Butler. Love it. All right. Yeah. Good uh, Good win for the Wolves. You know, going to power them forward here as they continue on. They got Orlando coming up and then Dallas. So, you know, got, we'll, we'll be talking later. Should have to Disney this weekend. We yeah. could have seen them. Could have seen them in Orlando at Amway. Um, but yeah, we'll talk a little more later in the show about what we want to look at. You know, what, what are the sort of things that we're going to be paying attention to here you know, with the playoffs out of out of a possibility, you know, what else is there? Remaining what forty four yeah. game or twenty four games? Yeah, twenty four more left. So. so yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's dive into the first topic here: full court press. Here's the tip. All right, full court press. We have to start with the news from last week, but it's still very important news. Carl Anthony Towns is injured. Oh my god! That's right. That's right. He fell down, injured his wrist. So uh, then, then got well, back up and kept playing and played another few games, and that's the troubling thing. He yeah. injured his wrist against Oklahoma City, yeah, and the end of January, end of Jan, yeah, and then they did an X-ray. Wrist looked fine, it was good, no problem, yeah. Play through it, cat. Cat was in a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort apparently, but he decided to play through the pain. You yeah, know? X-ray didn't don't, show don't anything. He's got to play through. Yeah, you know, don't call him a softy. He's playing yeah. through a broken wrist. It turned Ooh. out his wrist is fractured. Fractured must Lefty. have happened Lefty. at some point. Yep. 
So not the shooting hand, at least, That's but good. probably happened at some point of him playing through his injury. Once again, guys, don't play through injuries. Bad things happen. But yeah, it's a tough, it's, it's, a, it's a tough line, right? You got to play. All these NBA guys say, "Oh, no one's fully healthy. You got to play hurt sometimes," you know. Yeah. And and yeah, that's that's a weird one because again, the X-ray said one thing. And he was like, "Oh, I'm still in pain." First major L on the season for this this year's medical staff. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's been totally. a pretty. We've had injuries, Overall but I feel good. like there hasn't yeah. been too much. Has been uh, you know, like as the medical staff diagnosing this correctly, and this was the yeah. first time I was like, "Ooh, you let us down, medical staff." Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Towns. You know, we'll be you know, out, out, out exactly for two weeks, and we're already one week into that you know waiting period as we uh, record this here. So he'll be reevaluated next Friday on March sixth, and then they'll see from there what's going to happen. We should we should get Lucas's opinion. Yeah, Lucas Seehofer, yeah, friend of the friend of the pod. Uh, I, you know, I think he, he knows some stuff here, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a wrist fracture, so it's yeah. you know they're not they're not telling us much more than that. Uh, no, not a good thing. It's his offhand, so it's like you want to be careful with it, but it's also not like critical. And you, you know? got to imagine, as bummed as we are about it, imagine how bummed Cat must be. He finally has his friend D'Angelo Russell on the yeah, team with him. Yeah, and then he can't play any games with them. It's yeah, like he met him at the airplane and gave him a hug. He's like, "All right, we're starting now." And then I was like, "Nope, no, nope, no, nope, wait a minute." Wait a minute, got a little something going on here. So yeah, I probably must feel like you can't do anything right this. It's season. like it's like going to Disney World, but all the rides are shut down. <laughs> You're like, oh man, I was looking forward to this so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, you know, it's it's a minor thing for him. It's just kind of an. It's interesting because of you know his first however many years, his first five years, his first four years, he was just so. So, you know, Teflon, bulletproof out here, you know, not, not being ever injured and only missing game one game due to a car accident, like type of thing, like all that. And now, you know, he's, you know, he's had the issue, you know, bad, he had a bad the, season for him, missed an entire month, you know, with the knee and then now, um, you know, this wrist thing. So yeah, catching up to him a little bit here, but thankfully it's nothing super, you know, you know, again, critical or structural or anything worse. like that. It, it could, could be, be a lot worse. worse. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it could be a shooting hand. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's just one of those things that it really – we need – hopefully he'll play again this season. I know some people are saying, oh, time to tank. Shut it down. Why even play him again? And I can see the logic behind that. But I think this season there's too much that we don't know heading into the offseason. So, and like you said, he's got to follow up with his excitement about – Right. With, you, well, know, you know he, made, he wants he, to play. You, I believe him. I don't think he's putting on a show, although no. I think he's capable of putting on a show. Um I think I believe him about this Russell stuff and he would really want to play. And, and so I think like, you know, I think he is going to come back no matter what from this and then at least play a little bit and, you know, get it going. So, yeah. But we'll talk about that uh, in a few minutes. But first, yeah. let's go ahead and move on to our next topic. He's hitting up. All right. New squad, new squad. It's been fun, refreshing to watch these games, even if we're losing because it's basically a brand new Timberwolves team. Yeah, And so we're getting to know the new guys just like you guys are, you know, and learning more about them every game. Like, yeah, and now I, we've, yeah, go ahead, Scott. I didn't know, you know, Miami was the thing that really sealed it. D'Lo is a g- good talkative floor general. He's talking, he's uh-huh. he's chatting with the guys. It seems like he's a good leader of, of men, you know? Yeah, you didn't get that reputation from him being just a young player and also obviously like the whole Laker, um, Nick Young thing, you know, kind of you think about that. But I know, saw Wancho pick up J Mac after the game. It was victory, and they're all celebrating. He hugged J Mac and then lifted him like a child. <laughs> so these these guys are they're building each other up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's good to see good to see that leadership and stuff like that, you know, happening. They all seem to be kind of on the same page, and you know, uh, you know, all part of the same team. Uh, and in more than a way, they're just like wearing the same jersey. So that, that's good to see. You know, you bring in, bring in the right players. It'll you know, you know, sort of you know, in your in your system will live up to all the things and can you know be a good culture or whatever. Um, but yeah, we got some stats here for you through the first seven games of this. Statistics are fun. Yeah. So uh, offensive rating in the last seven games uh, since the trade deadline six. Ooh, way up to six. That's offensive good. Offensive rating. Yeah. As we said, uh, you know, as, as we went into to a week recap here, I think they were like twentieth or twenty second or something like that in offensive. Uh, defensive rating, unfortunately, down twenty ninth, all the way down twenty ninth in the league in defense in the last seven games. That makes a lot of sense. I was kind of surprised it wasn't thirtieth. I don't know how some some team. I don't know who I think it was Chicago or something has been like mm. worse than the Wolves at giving up baskets over the last seven games. How is it possible? 
How? Yeah, it's crazy. Unbelievable. Like you said, the lowest score this past week that we gave up was yeah. 126. Yeah. That was our best defensive effort. Unheard of. Yeah, so the defense is down, the offense is up. That makes sense, right? We that, traded away things. our best defensive players in yeah. Robert Covington and Gorgie Jane. Yeah. And probably, you know, one of our top five defenders in Andrew Wiggins, you know? Yes. So And then and, and traded, yeah, we traded Wiggins, you know, for somehow a worse defensive player, you yeah. know? And it's one of those things, too, where on top of, one, having just less defensive talent in the, the players that we acquired, we definitely went for offense first, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's the NBA. Offense it, always be, Good uh, offense always beats great, good defense, you know? A blueprint. It comes down to There's it. a blueprint here. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where the, the team also doesn't have the chemistry and a lot of defense defense is playing on a strain knowing what your teammates are going to do without them having to say it necessarily and these guys just don't have the reps together to have that kind of you know muscle memory that you need to play really good defense it's very hard to pick it up on the go in the middle of a season especially when you don't get many practice days and so you know it's already a tall task asking your D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley to be your front or your backcourt but it's even worse when they've never played together you know it's a system thing it's something that takes time and definitely is something I think kind of to your point offense is more plug and play yeah you know you kind of know what to do in a given system pick and roll whatever it might be there's you know a certain certain overlap with a lot of those things whereas defense I feel like is probably more about who your teammates are a little bit more and sort of what their tendencies are and those kinds of things matter more so yeah hopefully the defense can come around but also I just think it's an untalented defensive team you're not gonna uh, that's the other thing You, you can't expect too much defensively from this team and they're going to need they're going to need obviously that's going to be the kind of the way forward is hey we're going to be one of the five to ten best offenses in the league but defense is where you know we're really going to struggle can we get it to 20th yeah exactly yeah so and it's like one of those things too i know towns isn't the best defender he's actually not a good defender he's he's maybe not even an average defender but right Taking him out of the equation and having Nas Reed be your starting center, Nas is lost. Shows you, yeah. He is completely lost on defense. He's twenty. He's figuring it out. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, saying he's lost. It's not cause. disappointing. Yeah, but is yeah. If you have Nas as your starting center and then you bring in James Johnson, who's a revelation on defense, but at the same time still not a center. Yeah, you know, you're asking. That's a recipe for disaster right there. So um, the good news is can't get worse. There you go. And and speaking to that size in the front court, rebound percentage down to twenty sixth. In the league, I think that's down from you know twentieth or nineteenth or something like that. The Wolves yeah. have been have been bad, but not like awful. But yeah, now they're really getting down, especially without Towns in there. Rebound percentage down to twenty six. That's something they struggle with all season, and it's just going to get worse when, again when you downsize when you trade away all your centers and all your bigs and better rebounding players. Just kind of something they're not really concerning themselves with at this point. And yeah, you see it; they get beat up by these bigger teams and just crushed inside. So that's definitely something to watch too. Is the rebounding is like. It's not even can you win the rebounding battles. Like can you keep it close? So you can, can you put yourself can in you only lose the rebounding battle by like ten? <laughs> yeah, you know? not, yeah, not twenty or thirty. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, pace is up a little bit. Um, the Wolves have been fifth over the whole course of the season, but now they're first in pace since Ooh, that wee. trade. So yeah, um, uh, that's not always the best thing to be first in pace. I mean, uh, the defensive pace rides into that as well, and I think the Wolves are getting run back the other way oh, a yeah. lot, right? Getting scored on, you know, a lot of that stuff. So uh, first in pace isn't just first isn't really first uh, necessarily. Isn't first isn't necessarily best in this stat, but that was interesting that they had risen up to first in there. And then the rest of our stats are in the three point range. Uh, they the Wolves in uh, attempted threes, as you know. Way up uh, from past seasons, um, they've been uh, third uh, season-wide in that. Now they're up to second, so shooting a few more. Um, then the bigger improvement oh, has been I love this one. in the made uh, Wait, three-pointer let's, percentage. Uh, let's, let's let a sound, uh, just like, I'm going to play this as a sound. That's right. I just wanted to get your attention. If you were like, you know, watching something, doing some dishes while you're listening to this podcast, Pay attention, because I like this stat. Over the course of the whole season, the Wolves are 29th in three-point percentage. Really, really bad, right? They get up the third most, but they are making the 29th most. That's been kind of the headlining story of this season so far. But after the trade deadline, bringing in Russell, bringing in Beasley, bringing in Hernan Gomez as guys who can hit shots, in those seven games, in the last seven games, the Wolves are way up to fourth in three-point percentage league-wide. Wow, that is huge. Boom, 
Yeah, they're going in now. Ooh, it's fun to watch. Uh, fun to see those shots fall, and sort of seems uh, like not a fluke. Yeah, sustainable, right? Yeah. Like it seems like this could be what they are. It's not like Jarrett Colfer suddenly got in hot. Yeah, Josh Okogie. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. the guys who are hitting threes are good three point shooters. Yeah, and Towns has been out too, so it's even yeah. like even if some of it is fluky, you're going to get a boost up from Towns whenever he comes. And back. I felt like Nas had a cold week shooting too. You know, he's, he's a better. better than he's that. better than what he showed this past week. So. He's better than that. All so those he, fouls are getting in his head. So yeah, those are a couple stat things that we've been seeing you know in the last seven games uh for these teams uh you know specific to you know kind of the numbers but i don't know scott what, what are some you know just eyeball tests you know sort of eye test stuff you've been what, what's kind of stuck out to you on the, in the seven games from these players i mean we talked about surprise and you know disappointed maybe players a few weeks ago in our last show but i don't know what have you seen recently that's kind of caught your eye uh, a few, few things i maybe have mentioned before but i just want to reiterate one i love watching malik beasley shoot it is such a great form. He jumps. He has a great flick of the wrist. It's. I think he gets such good arc. I think every shot he takes is going to go in. It's fun watching that guy shoot. And I think that both D'Angelo and Beasley have shown me a lot more from a leadership perspective than yeah, I thought they that's would. Interesting. D'Angelo is really getting. You know, it seems like he gets along with all the guys. He's talking all the time Arms on the court. Around guys in the huddle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. In the ways that we never saw Cat or Wiggins ever do. <laughs> you know. And so that was a surprise for me because, you know, I've seen him play, but I haven't seen him, you know, lead a team like that. And so that's very welcome. But also Malik, just the way he talks about losing, just the way apparently behind the scenes in the clubhouse, he's been very demanding of his other teammates to, you know, not mail the rest of the season in and treat every game. As a guy, you know, who is put out of a rotation earlier this year, yeah. he knows how important it is to treat every game like it's a big deal. And so, like, I think the combination of those two people and their attitudes, I think that's a lot of leadership we added to our clubhouse, which is, and James Johnson apparently has been a good leader behind the scenes as well. So I didn't notice, I didn't know we were going to get all that, you know, leadership in. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, there's intangibles that you don't see in a trade grade or something like that, right, after the trade deadline. Uh, I think something that's interesting is the mid-range, the mid-range shots from D'Angelo Russell. It's back. Even kind of, even Malik will take a few. Yeah, Malik will take a few, but Russell off the dribble and pick and roll. Um, it's interesting because so much was made, you know, preseason and early season about uh, you know Ryan Saunders and the in the system and you know excising that from Andrew Wiggins's game. Um, and it's interesting now that they've made this trade and this player they've targeted for so long and is so exciting and stuff. But on the on the flip side, he's you know taking these you know these long twos that you know I think we've kind of come to expect is that's not part of the offense anymore. So it is interesting because on one hand he's very good at them, right? So you yeah. want your you want your best players to you want any of your players to you know do the things that they're good at and and stray away from the things that they're not so good at. So on one hand that is good. But on the other hand, it sort of flies in the face of what we were meant to believe this whole season of like, right. there is a system, you will play by it no matter who you are. And so I wonder, I guess for now it's fine, but I wonder where that goes from here and how that will travel throughout the rest of this season and into early next season, if that's going to be a thing or if it's, or if it's, uh, hey, that was only for Wiggins, who is sort of, uh, he's not, he's definitely not. He needed a rule. He's not the mid-range <laughs> yeah. shooter that, that Russell is. Yeah, exactly. Right. He needed that rule, whereas Russell... He's making these shots. They're going in. These are comfortable, you know, even though they're off the dribble, kind of unbalanced shots. For looked, now, they're going he in. He looks super comfortable. Like yeah. He knows those are shots he can get whenever. Yeah. As opposed to Wiggins, who is doing post, back down, then insanely hard turnaround, fadeaway jumpers. And Wiggins was taking like 19 footers. And they like, seem like they're more of, of a last resort for Wiggins. Right. You know, and, where it's like it's a shot Russell's trying to get to. And Russell's not taking a, you know, a step in front of the three point line, then shooting. Uh-huh. He's, he's mostly getting he's around in. the free throw. You know, yeah. he's, he's a foot near the paint. He's yes. not necessarily in the paint. That's a good point. It's not like, oh, it's nearly a three. It's no, it's a proper mid range shot. It does bring up something weird with Russell that it's going to, I'm going to continue to watch this season is that when he gets to that kind of area where he's near the paint that's when it's like instead of going to the rim he does not go to the rim no he wants to shoot he He, all of his buckets are are shots because he doesn't well you know try to picture close your eyes yeah picture d'angelo russell taking a layup it's hard to do yeah because that's a guy who only takes them in transition it's he never like finishes through contact and yeah that's why he hasn't been getting to the line a whole lot but it's interesting what you said about the two-point shots because yes there's been more two-point shots but our three-pointers went up we went from third most to second most attempts you know yeah so So it's it's not not like we're shooting less threes maybe the result is we're shooting less layups and less free throws because russell is you know he's shooting those twos but it's it's not replacing his three-point attempts it's replacing his attempts at the rim yes that is very interesting to watch uh yeah russell he's just not athletic enough to get by guys you know he doesn't he's a good ball handler 
he can do it that way, but he's not like he's not super shifty and super, you know, he's he's not one of these point guards who's going to use his body and his gifts as an athlete to get by you or yeah. something like that. He's not going to step through you or, you know, get by you with a good, good burst or something like that. He's just not that player. It's why he's so bad at defense. He's not fast. Yeah. You know, he's not fast. He's not athletic, um, you know, despite being a good ball handler and kind of, and kind of um, you know, in, in that way, he's good. So it's he doesn't have that skill set. So, yeah, you don't see him getting to the foul line. You don't see him getting in the paint for layups. You know, so it's really a, it's all sh- shooting, which yeah. can come and go. That's the problem. And he's with a good shooter, game. so thankfully, yeah, you know? so far so good. Yeah, but it, the, the, that can kind of fall off as well. So it's kind of something still to watch as well, as far as like how those percentages, how are those percentages over time? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and just in terms of that, it feels like there's a lot of times because he's got a good handle, guys are draped all over him, and I'm like, yep. just jump. Just jump and shoot it. You'll get a foul. You yeah. Know? So I think he and the foul free throws. He does shoot like five or six a game, and those ones are usually are someone's draped all over him, and he takes mm-hmm. a jumper and gets fouled on the jumper. Yeah. But it just feels like there's so many times a game where guys are draped all over him, and you see like what Chris Paul can do in those situations. He can go to the free throw line whenever he wants because he knows how to jump into a person and get that you know that swipe through or whatever you know. Yeah. Anything else you're watching or have seen from any of these new guys, Scott? Before we move on here. Uh, no, I think I'm ready for our next segment. Yeah, let's keep it rocking. Here we go. Next up. He's on fire! We want to talk about how to watch, how to evaluate the rest of the season, what the rest of the season is about. You know what I mean? It seems pretty sad right now. Wolves are still losing hella games, still giving up 130 points every night. You know, no towns right now. That's that's rough. Why would you even watch this team, basically? Well, this is what I've said on the podcast many times, because we're often in this situation. Yep. Sometimes it's the best of both worlds. We're not good enough to win, so our lottery odds keep improving, but we're good enough to be super fun and interesting to watch. There you, you go. Know? Yeah, it is For the most part. I mean, Dallas watch, yeah. wasn't a very fun game to watch. But yeah. a lot of these games, Boston was a really fun game to watch, even yeah. though, you know, we weren't we just kind of stayed in it never really felt like we were going to win that one but it was fun yeah totally so yeah for me you know everything is about you know how does this work and fit around towns and obviously again that's hard when he's not in the lineup and he's not out there but you know i still think you can kind of watch that it's still something even if he's not out there you have Nas Reed, who's also a stretch five, who's out there. So you kind of have a, a much lesser version of Carl Anthony Towns out right. there. You can still run the system. You can still kind of squint your eyes and pretend that Towns is out there or something. So it's not totally lost, and it's totally not totally meaningless if, if Towns isn't out there. But to me, that's kind of the main um, that's the main prism I'm kind of looking through this rest of the season at is like, which, which of these guys do I want on the floor with Towns next season? And in what roles are they and how much are they playing together and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I still think you can kind of see that with Russell. You can see that with Beasley. Obviously, the headliners of the trade deadline. You know, you can definitely see that they would fit in there. But to me, it's a little bit more about some of the other guys, some of the holdovers, Okogie, uh, uh, you know, Culver, you know, some of these other players, uh, Layman. And there's a bunch of other guys, too, but it's all about what is the fit around Towns. And to me, that is the main way you should be looking at and watching the rest of this team for the rest of the season. If Towns can come back. Let's hope so. See, that's the thing. Yeah, because the thing. It, it, what we're going to do in this offseason all depends on the fit around D'Lo and Towns. Right. And so if we don't know how Wancho is going to play next to Towns, it's going to become very hard to make a decision on his restricted free agency yeah. this summer. Um, so that, that is the tough part, uh, because I want to see Towns and Russell, their on court chemistry, uh, will they start to give more effort on D? I know that, you know, they're not good defenders naturally, but D'Angelo's effort last night was noticeable. And so like, you know, it, there's more to D than just effort, but that's the foundation of good defense. So can they pick up the effort? Um, can Cat start setting better picks? You know, he's, he's a pick and popper, not a pick and roller, but he sets some pretty weak picks. And I'm, I kind of want to see what, when he's run the pick and roll with Russell, can he set better picks? Can Russell start going to the rim a little bit more? You know, that's kind of some stuff I want to see. I, I want to continue to see the Malik Beasley NBA starter experiment continue. He's been pretty good so far, and it seems like he's kind of the guy of, all the guys we want to re-sign for next season, he's probably the one where we're looking to match most of the contract offers he'll get. He's an interesting one because he's been good on one end of the floor and awful on defense. Right. Like he is, I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, is not a, a very good player in this league. He's a, he's an average player, and he torched Beasley for one of his best nights of the league and the best nights of the season yeah. uh, a few nights ago. So. Just an example of like two guard. I don't know if it's it's it is a question. Yeah, basically watching the rest of the season is is Beasley a starter? 
right? Is right. he a for sure starter on a good team? And if he's not, if, if you decide he's not, then you're not going to be willing your to financial. pay him. Yeah. You're not going to pay him fifteen million a year, right? You know, you, you want it's to hard to pay to ten. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to even pay a you know a six man ten million a year. Yeah, and that also you know brings into the question. Yeah, maybe he's coming off the bench, but who's your final five in the last yeah. few minutes? Is he going to be out there anyways? Are you going to be tempted to keep the good shooter in? You know, so and with Beasley, it's not that it's not a hard and fast. Are you a starter or not? I mean, it's certain. It's about the it's about the mix. It's the question of can you have Russell and Beasley as your starting backcourt, right? And 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 stop anybody. Yeah, you know what I mean. To me, it's if you have Towns and Russell as the two of your you, two of your best players, the other three have to be better on defense. And I don't know about that for for Beasley, but it's hard. It's just, well, it's this it's this given it's this it's this um, you know push and pull of you need these guys to space and and hit threes. What's more important that they hit the threes on the one end or that they're able to stop somebody on the other end? I, I don't know. I mean, you, obviously, you want the best of both. You want a guy who can do all of that. But if Robert with, Covington without that, which end is more important to you? You know, so yeah, exactly. And I think this brings up you know one of the obvious things: the piece that hasn't been fitting in, in my opinion, is Wancho. Her and Gomez. They're going to see Ryan Saunders. Uh, no, uh, that is something we should talk about, though, what's going to happen with him. I mean, yeah. but it, it's just who is the power forward of the future? Yeah. I don't think we know because if you're going to ha- give up defense at three positions in Towns, Beasley, and Russell, you can't have a guy like Wancho who's struggling to defend yeah. at the power forward. You need a stud there. So it's great that Wancho can space the floor, but it really feels like we do need something. To unlock Cat's game the most, we need a rim blocker. I think uh, John Kay for The Athletic said, a young Serge Ibaka type, if there, that's even possible to find that, or like a Jeremy Grant, yeah. someone who's a four who can protect the rim. Yeah, and, uh, I saw someone on Twitter. I think it might have been uh, Canis Hoopas's uh, Jake Painting. Oh, great uh, writer! Br- bring up uh, Derek Favors. That would be a dream. For he sure. is perfect. Low usage, basically a four-five, like kind of a center in his own right. Yeah. But also, is like known for defense. Play along towns. Ooh, I would love that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's the you know that's the sad thing about the trade is that Wancho, as much fun as he is to watch him shoot and stuff, and he's he's running around the floor too. He's just clearly overmatched at power forward on defense. He can't do it. And I think there can be a role for both Beasley and Wancho on this team going forward. But the, to me, the question is how much money and what that role is. You know, I think they're both could be very serviceable bench players, but the problem is. They're probably gonna want more money than that, you know. Yeah. So it's, well, they're it's restricted that. free agents, so it depends on a different yeah. team. Yeah, I feel like Beasley's gonna get offers because everyone looks gonna look at that shooting, and who doesn't need shooting? Right, right. But I, I, it's hard to see Wancho if he's gonna get like a five million per year deal or what. You know, it doesn't seem like he's gonna get like ten. You know, right. Um, anything else to wrap this up? What else are we looking for? What else should, we, well, what I, else should I, they I be watching? You brought here? it up a little bit. The young guys, the Iowa guys, young guys. You got Reed, Keelan yeah. Martin, Jordan McLaughlin. Jalen Noel, Vanderbilt, Evans, Spellman. What are we going to do with these guys going forward? Got young guys coming out of our ears. I mean, some of these are more you know interesting than others. Jalen Noel, we've got him for a few more years. And Reed, I guess we can turn down the contract. We have the option of turning down the contract, but he's so cheap. You got to imagine we're going to keep him. Yes, you know, yes. so those guys are going to be back. But what do we do with Keelan and Jordan McLaughlin? And if we're not willing to keep them next year, you know, some other team's going to do it. They've proved yeah. enough in the NBA this season that another team's going to throw them a minimum. You know, yeah, you could get a second round pick maybe for him or something like that. You right, know? and so like it's just it's interesting to see what's going to happen because I know McLaughlin they're not even letting him practice right now because they don't want his 45 you know oh, days to run days, out for his yeah. two-way contract sure so uh just what happens with the young guys is also a, something I'm going to keep my eye on nice yeah so there's lots to watch don't worry about it, you guys I mean if you're listening to the show you're already a big Wolves fan anyway you're watching no matter what but these are some things to kind of you know help you get through these tough times. Not gonna, there's going to be some blowouts. There's going to be some beatdowns. So when right. it's a blowout, here's some things you can focus. That's on. right. When it's garbage time, we watch these guys out here. All right, uh, we are going to take a quick break and uh, tell you about a little sponsor right now. This week we're sponsored by a new product from G League standout and current Timberwolves starting center Nas Reed. Fouls. Yes, personal fouls. We all need them. We all want them. But they can be hard to come by. All of that stress and uncertainty can be a problem of the past with Nas Reed's Foul Machine. This machine creates fouls of all shapes, sizes, and varieties. With its revolutionary single button design, all you have to do is press down and boom, you get a foul. Whether you'd like a personal, offensive, or loose ball type of foul, you can rest assured that Nas Reed's Foul Machine will deliver you exactly what you need. A horrible foul at a truly inopportune time. So the next time you need to inconvenience yourself or your team, 
turn to the most trusted name in fouling, Nas Reed. Thank you to Nas Reed's Foul Machine for their support of Wolf's Cast. Next up, let's predict it. We'll predict it. That was some theme music we haven't heard for a minute. It's I love been, that. It's been since December. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've uh, graced you with our knowledge and foresight. But we're here to do that again. We've got the crystal ball all it's polished up. It's a time of you know, high anxiety, and we're here to ease that anxiety by Ooh. letting you know what you can expect in the future. That's right. We almost did some predictions uh, before the trade deadline, but I'm glad we didn't. There was way more that happened that uh, we could not have possibly predicted. I don't but know. I feel like my crystal ball might have. Seen you saw a few something. Things. You well, saw. Yeah. We'll never know now. Yeah, we we'll didn't never do know. It. Yeah, we we get to it. That's the thing about you know being a uh, a foreseer. You never look back, Neil. That's you, right. You can only look forward. That's right. That's the way to do it. And uh, you know, but re- very quickly we must look back at our past predictions to tell you how we did. We have to grade ourselves. We have to make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable to our past predictions before we get to our new predictions. Um, Scott, I'll start with yours here. Um, do I have this right? You predicted that Wiggins would have a higher uh, PER than Levine, or was it the other way around? No, I, I predicted remember. Wiggins would have a higher PER, than okay, Levine, which is bold because Levine's you know considered to be the better player. Yes, team. and how? And yes, uh, I updated it. I okay. checked today yes. on Basketball Reference according to Basketball References PER. Oh, I was on ESPN. My bad. Uh, yeah, I, I've well, that's it explains the disparity in the numbers. What I got from Basketball Reference is that Levine has pulled a little bit ahead of Wiggins. Basketball reference says Wiggins is at a 19.1, which is a career high for him, and Levine's at a 19.6. But according to ESPN, apparently, Wiggins is at 19.4, and Levine's at 17.1. But uh, so one makes me look good. I mean, we'll have to. We I gotta think, have, we gotta pick one of these. I think I've been going off basketball reference all season, so I'm gonna stick to that. So right now, Levine is 0.5 points of PER. Ahead, ahead of Wiggins. Okay. But, you know, there's still 24 games left. It's going to be a photo finish. It is, is going to be a very close finish. So <laughs> I, I'm enjo- I've been enjoying watching this one all season. And it's become a very competitive prediction. Nice. I predicted that the Timberwolves would be in the top 20 in defensive rating. Uh, currently, they're just barely holding on. They're, on. they're 20th right now in defensive rating. I don't expect this one to come true anymore. The team has changed. The personnel is no longer there for yep. such a top 20 finish. Uh, they have been, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think I said they've been 29th in the league. Uh, yeah, the 29th in the league since the trade deadline. I would imagine it would be in the bottom five the rest of the season. So hopefully they can be a little bit better than they currently are, but I no longer have dreams of them being in the top 20. It is an overall season ranking, so maybe they can squeak by somehow and stay at 20 for the rest of the season. Yeah, but that would be a that. miracle. I highly doubt that. That would be good to see. Another thing to watch yes. in the season. Yes. Uh, my next prediction, you, know, you got the updated numbers for me, uh-huh, but I'll say you. the prediction. Yeah. I predicted that Cat would lead the team in assists at the end of the season. Mm. Yes, I didn't I didn't do the per game, though. I just did the total. Jeff Teague has 208 assists on the season. Shabazz has 187 Andrew Wiggins has 155, and Carl Anthony Towns is in fourth with 153. Now, do these numbers on Basketball Reference, I assume that's where you are, Do yes. they are they being updated as these players play for a different team? Or yes, they, they are. St- oh, okay. That doesn't really... Would, you, would I mean, you like to know how many assists D'Angelo Russell has for us? Sure. He has 40 for us already. He's in 10th place on the season. No, but for that's the what I'm asking. Is it for the Wolves, or for is it the for their entire for, season? For the Wolves. Okay, so prediction. like Jeff Teague's number stopped after he got traded. Right. Got exactly. It. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's exactly what we're going how it for. works. So and Towns so, is what fifty assists behind, behind basically. Yeah. That, that's basically like what 50, it is now. Is Towns 55. needs to needs to top Jeff Teague's number right. of like two hundred two or whatever it is. And that's uh, that's tough. Is two hundred eight, and that's tough. tough because he's been injured. I, I have no doubt that if Cat we had his typical healthy season, he would be on top right now. Yeah. Because I made this prediction with the understanding that Jeff Teague probably wasn't going to play the whole season with the Timberwolves. Yeah. So I thought I was going to be clever and be uh, like, well, Cat's, Cat's a good yeah, assist. Yeah. I, there's a pathway yes. for him to lead the team in assist. And uh-huh. there still is, but mm-hmm. he need, would need to get uh, healthy very quick for that to happen. So uh, unfortunately, I feel like this isn't going to come true just because of Cat's spotty health. It's going to be depending on how many games he plays, which That's we'll right. get to here in a little bit. All right. And uh, one of my past predictions was Jared Culver will shoot under 55%. Uh, from the line uh, this season, and yeah, he has he's he's definitely been under that 
And he's currently at 46. That's kind of been his line throughout the year. He's shot uh, 110 year. and only hit 51 of them. Yeah, so he had been up a little bit, and then now he's back down. Um, I also did some other NBA.com deep diving here with the stats, and they came up with this stat. Culver is the worst free throw shooter in the league across all positions. Um, I did do a uh, filter of uh, all players who have played at least 50 games, right? So you have to have played most of the season, and you have to have at least averaged 20 minutes per game. So basically of all, to me, that's kind of what I think of like a rotation player. You know, you average about 20. That's it. So of all players in the league, regardless of position, uh, who have played 50 games and who have played at least 20 per game, Jared Culver is your worst free throw shooter. So Culver to the line where it's been an adventure this season. Yeah, so they're still clanking, still pretty bad. Feels pretty feel safe. Feels pretty safe now. Feel He's pretty not going to jump up 10, 10 percentage points here in the last 25 games or whatever. So feeling good about that one. And then we had two more kind of about Christmas. I, I think we talked about this after Christmas. I was yeah. correct. Neither of us got any Timberwolves-themed Christmas yeah, gifts. Yeah, and I was incorrect. I could have given a, you one, but... Yeah, we could have... <laughs> did not. Especially when you predict it's not going to happen. Why you gave you? me a Banjo-Kazooie hoodie, though, that's there very soft. So. Uh, and I predicted there would be a promotion where the teams... Uh, where the Timberwolves poorly sing Christmas songs. I don't think that happened. So I didn't see that. That wasn't there. All right, let's get to our new predictions. It's too political these days. We got new predictions here, Scott, for uh, the end of this season, uh, for the final, uh, you know, final, final third of the season ish, right about that, of what's left. I'll start us off here. Um, I, I, I predict that the Timberwolves will finish in the top 20. In three-point percentage. Yes, Ooh. I've already made a prediction regarding the Timberwolves finishing the top 20 uh, in defensive rating, and that's not going to happen, as nope. I think. But So you're going back to the well. Going back to the well on this one, and I feel like they're going to finish in the top 20 in three-point percentage. They've been in the bottom five all season long, right? Toiling down 29, 28th, and, and made three-pointers despite shooting like the third most all season long. But, you know, I see that tide turning. As we mentioned, they're way up to like... Since the trade, they're fourth. Yeah, they're fourth since the trade. You know, we got another 25 games of sample to kind of plug into there. So I feel like, and again, we don't really see it being too fluky. We kind of feel like these shooters are who they are. So uh, you add Towns back in there for an undetermined amount of games. And yeah, I could see the Wolves uh, getting way up there into the top 20. And I feel like that will be kind of a, a, a narrative that will push them into the summer and into next year. I'll be like, well, after the trade deadline, they did this. So I can see that being a thing. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be my prediction for the for the rest of this season. Interesting, because my prediction is also three-point shooting related. Ooh. We just are fascinated with the three. Yes, you know? we have to We be. have been for years, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. You know, we've had a, a very interesting and tortured relationship with the long ball for the past uh entirety of the Wolves franchise. Yeah. Uh, so I am going to say my prediction is a Wolves player will set a new franchise record for three-pointers made in a single game. Ooh. Currently, there are two players tied for the single game record for Timberwolves three-point shots. Kevin Love and Steph Marbury. There's a name that we haven't we talked about say that very, name often. very much. Yeah. They both made eight three-pointers in a game. So that is wow. the Timberwolves record for a single season a single game, excuse me, One single game, game yeah, three-pointers made. Eight is the number. And this season we have had many come close. Towns has had seven on at least three occasions. Uh, D'Angelo had seven against the Miami Heat. Malik Beasley hit seven against the Clippers. And even Andrew Wiggins hit seven three-pointers against the Kings. So people have been flirting with eight. And I just think with you know the prodigious talent of the sharpshooters like D'Angelo, Russell, uh-huh. and Malik Beasley, all it takes is one hot night, yeah, night some, to get that nine. Some volume you know? guys out there. So I'm not predicting they'll tie the record. I'm predicting they will set the record. One of those two guys, or maybe Cat comes back and we'll does get it. Nine. But there will be a Timberwolves player in the remaining 24 games who hits nine three-pointers in a game. Amazing. Wow. At least nine. I sure hope that one comes true. That'll that's, be a fun one. That's something. <laughs> All right, and then uh, one more thing we want to predict here is uh, the question of how many more games will Carl Anthony Towns play this season? Uh, as we mentioned before, he'll be reevaluated in about a week, Friday uh, the 6th. And uh, then after that point, there are 20 more games after that. So we can kind of think about that, build that in a little bit. There's 20 basically possible games for him. I mean, maybe he'll have, 
you know, it's not quite healed, so probably not probably not 20, but somewhere between 20 and, and 0, I guess, is the answer. Maybe between 15 yeah, and 0. It has to be between 20 somewhere and Somewhere between 15 and 0 is probably the answer. Yeah, maybe, uh, let's, not, let's not necessarily say that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, that's maybe it. So I, I'm going to predict 10. I'm going to kind of split it right down the middle of that 20 and say he'll, he'll play in the final 10 games of the season. Um, and yeah, I think as we mentioned, uh, you know, the quote, I believe the quotes that he wants to, he wants to get back. He wants to play with D'Angelo. So I feel like it's not, uh, you know, not going to be any sort of like tanking and stealth tanking measures or whatever. And he's actually yeah. going to play. So I'll, I'll say 10. I came up with my number before looking at yours. Okay. It's 12. I believe so you. it's very, very similar. Mm. My, my take is that he won't be ready on next Friday, 3-6. Yeah. So he'll miss probably like five games. It'll take him an extra five games after that, which com- remain, that means 15 games are remaining. Then I can see him getting shut down three games remaining at the end of the season. Yeah, the end is it's a whole just like thing. you yeah. know what? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, only yeah. three games left. Carl, your your summer has started now. You know, so I predict that he'll probably uh, need an extra five games after Friday next Friday, and then after that he'll play. You know, his twelve games, and then he'll be shut down for the final three of the nice. season. That's how I see it going. Yeah, something fun to watch here as uh, as we wind down the season. How many more games with Carl? Carl, play. Let us know what you predict here for the end of the season. How many games you think Carl will play? And yeah, we'll take it from there. But up next, let's give out some awards. It's Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your Weekly Wolfies. Yes, indeed. It's Weekly Wolfies. Yet again, another week, another wolf. We're here to drop some awards, Ooh. and uh, yes, excited to do so. Brian, why don't you get us... Er, Brian. Wow, some cuckoo kangaroo <laughs> when, on your brain. We wouldn't even do a podcast together. Banter buddies? I'm on stage right now. That's yeah. the only time I say like that. You're, you're in performer Scott, mode when you're on the mic. Blood Brother Scott, what, uh, what, is your, uh, what is your wolfie here this week? I got a good one, but first I want to give an honorable mention to the Timberwolves for putting their media guide online, very accessible, every single season. Search Timberwolves Media Guide. Do Bam. teams not do that? So many teams don't do that. Huh, no it's PDF. so frustrating because no I'm PDF. Or, or, or they do, but it's like you got to have a password or something. It's like a media. I mean, maybe, but they're publicly available. There are saying. some that I will do Google searches for 10, 15 minutes. I'll go into the archives. I'll, I'll do everything to try and find a media guide, and I can't find one. And so shout out to the Miami Heat, who didn't have a media guide this year available to the public. Shout out to the Denver Nuggets, who's have a media guide link on their website, but it takes you to last year's media guide. Oh, so and I, so I'm trying to make these games, Neil. I'm trying to learn about these new players. And most teams, I mean, it's just such a haphazard approach to putting your media guide online. So respect to the Timberwolves. Thank you for making it super easy. Search Timberwolves Media Guide, bam, first link, you know? Always update it. So that's the honorable mention. I'm going to give my Wolfie to Carl Anthony Towns fashion sense while he's on the injured list. He is t-shirts. He's rocking the blazer t-shirt combo almost every game. It's been just a series of fun, you know, Minnesota like t-shirts from cool online shops. Like he had that uh, Randy uh, Randy Moss mooning the crowd t-shirt that uh, Professor Pigskin, a.k.a. Jared Jacobs, wears a lot. And he just wears a lot of other kind of like the Slam magazine parody, like like the Photoshop where it's him and and, and D'Angelo, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, or yeah. just other Minnesota references, though. It's all Minnesota stuff, which, as we know, that's all you have to do to make you a beloved icon in Minnesota for the rest of your life is just embrace us back a tiny bit. And that's what he's been doing with his T-shirt designs, coming up with fun Minnesota flair, and uh, it's just you know you know hipster T-shirts from Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I, I approve, Cat. It's a good way to get into our hearts while you're on the deal. Very nice. Weekly Wolfie there at the Towns in his uh, his wardrobe. All right, mine's uh, going to continue with the local angle uh, here. You know, as far as placating the local crowd, uh, right. yeah, uh, is going to be the MSP concert series. That's right. Uh, I believe I shouted out Harmar Superstar a few weeks ago for his oh, performance. I, got, I gave him a Wolfie. You gave him a Wolfie. Yeah. Okay, one of us did. Yes. So yeah, this is. Uh, Continuation of that because um, the Timberwolves have been, I believe it's Saturday nights, uh, have been uh, you know doing doing games in there. It's Friday nights, sorry, Friday nights. I get their statement. The statement Saturday is when they wear right. their greens, and then on the Friday Fridays nights are their city edition. Or when they have their city edition nights. So yes, they've been uh, they've been having some local um, music acts come in and play play halftime on, on these nights, and it's usually a more sort of like much a bigger production of it, right? There's all these like different they're in different 
different spaces. They're in the tunnel. Then yeah. they're on the floor, and there's props, and there's dancers. And there's they're mascots. putting them online. There's yeah, great audio great and visual quality yeah, to it them. Yeah, it sounds really good, and you can watch them on YouTube later if you're at the game, or if you, if you miss it or whatever, you can always watch it on YouTube after the fact. So they've had Polisa, they've had Harmar, um, Dem Atlas was last week. Mm, all great. And I have, um, you know, I have it on good authority that Shredders will be playing um, here later on they, in the they, season. They are the intro music. Okay, you know? yes, that's right. Yes. Aye, aye, aye. Yes, so, intro music you know, here. we'll be getting a little bit more. Um, you know, I think there's like two more Minneapolis uh, St. Paul concert series coming up um, throughout the season. I just think it's cool. I think it's good to have uh, more variety in the halftime act. Um, you know, as the, you know, as a member of the local music community as well, it's cool to see it's like, you know, smaller acts. It's not like people know about this stuff all the time, especially, you know, something, you know, I think a lot of people know Harmar, but you know, who's Polisa? Who's, 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 Dem, Atlas? who's Dem Atlas? And it's like cool to like put them out there in front of a crowd. They probably don't get to play in front of different people and stuff. So I think it's a good look and it really fits in with the city Jersey thing. It's all about celebrating your community, your local stuff. And the Wolves are doing that with their MSP concert series. So I like that. <laughs> Completely agree. Cuckoo Kangaroo Show may be coming next year. We'll see. Let's make it happen. Let's you have, you have the Harlem Globetrotter video to show. Yes, we got the Harlem Globetrotter show. Uh, honestly, I think we're more primed for a Lynx performance maybe this, this summer. Well, that's how you, you know start. I mean? We'll start, you start there. With the Lynx yeah, and you, you yeah. work your way up from there. Yeah, yeah. it's a little softer crowd. I think more of a family crowd for a band. They're so, a better yeah. crowd, though. Yeah, better. Indeed, they're they're yeah. more invested <laughs> in the game. They'll watch. Yeah, totally. So, I yeah, noticed the Timberwolves wore their city of edition on jerseys on the road yeah. it's giving me feelings of the jimmy butler season where down the stretch they just wore their gray city edition jerseys every single <laughs> a game. bunch of nights including game 82 i think yeah right? and every game of the playoffs oh, that's right they wore the gray sorry so I, it'll be interesting to see how many more times we just decide to wear the baby blue on the road i can't imagine there's many more wins coming for the wolves the rest of the way so when they get the wins they're like yeah. which jersey were you wearing oh, okay. lucky that's yeah. the jersey yeah <laughs> that's the one. totally that's what it is yeah all right let's wrap this thing up with the game scott what you got what you got for us here today all right today our game is called sanders versus saunders we're going to dive into the political leanings of ryan oh, Sa- saunders Tuesday. and super bernie Tuesday. sanders you're going to tell me which one made that political statement all right okay? saunders saunders no i'm just joining i'm not gonna oh do that's that. oh okay yeah. i'm not gonna do that yeah we, that, that'd be a tough one a little far idea though yeah <laughs> instead we are going to do a game uh get to know your new wolves okay i decided to focus only on the big ones not the iowa guys the headliners. sorry jared vanderbilt yep um but instead uh, all the answers to these questions are going to be about Juancho hernan gomez d'angelo russell uh james johnson or malik beasley okay Wonderful. those are your four guys so let's go ahead and learn some new stuff about our Timberwolves right. players neil let's start with an easy one who has a brother who's in the nba that would be Juancho Hernan Gomez. That's right. His older brother by a year, uh, Willie Hernan Gomez, plays for the Charlotte uh, Hornets. Yeah, play against each other recently. That's right. Yeah. All right, next up, Neil. Which of those uh, Timberwolves players is named after an R&B singer-songwriter? <laughs> wow. More so uh, Malik, uh, D'Angelo, uh, Juan, Juan. Or uh, what's the last one? James. James. Uh, I mean, I, it's got to be D'Angelo. How does it feel? Untitled, right? That's right. I didn't know that, though. I, I know. It was, in the, it was in the media guide, the Golden State Warriors media guide. Wow, we're old. That was like yeah. when I was in high school. That was like on TRL. Wow. And hey, everyone, <laughs> if you haven't listened to D'Angelo, go check it out because he is. all of his Damn. albums are great. All right, now, which player inspired his team to have a free neck tattoo night, giving out 5,000 clear stickers featuring the team's name to be placed on the fans' necks? I mean, both Juan and uh, and uh, James Johnson have lots of ink going on, but uh, I don't know that Juan has a neck tattoo, so i, I got to think this one's James, unless it's a trick question. James Johnson. Yes. That's correct. The Grizzlies had the, had the uh, neck tattoo night. They gave it. out Grizzlies tattoos. They have some of the best in-game promotions and you, stuff. So if yeah. you check it out, James Johnson, on the front of his neck, has a tattoo of his son's name, Naaman. Okay. So, and apparently also the date of birth, 3-9-13. Wow. So, there we go. All right, Neil, next up. Who has a grandfather that is a motion picture and television actor who played the role of Notre Dame football coach Warren in Rudy and appeared as a bartender in the first episode of The Mandalorian. What? Oh, wow. An actor. Wait, this is this person's father? Grandfather. Grandfather. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I will... I'll say... Huh. I guess I will say D'Angelo Russell? Somehow? Somehow? 
Malik Beasley's grandfather, John Beasley, is credited with 63 roles on IMDb, including the Mandalorian bartender who's in the first scene of the first wow. episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, okay. He walks on the ice plant, he walks yeah, into the bar yeah. to get the guy. Wow. Beasley. Yeah. Uh, he was the bartender there. So Incredible. check it out, everybody. Incredible. Wow. All right, Neil. Which player made his NBA debut against the Timberwolves? Uh, which player made his NBA debut against Timberwolves? Uh, D'Angelo Russell? First game of the season. First game of the rookie season. Recorded four points. He was 2 of 7 shooting from the field. Three rebounds, two assists in 26 minutes for Minnesota on October 28, 2015. All right, just a few more, Neil. James Johnson has fought in seven MMA matches and 20 kickboxing matches. Bloodsport. How how many times did he lose? How many, how many has he been in? He's been in 20 kickboxing matches, 7 MMA matches. So it's a tw- out of 27, how yeah. many has he lost? To three? No, I don't know if I nailed it exactly. He's undefeated. <laughs> Never Zero. lost. Never lost. Never lost. Zero. Speaking of fighting, which player got his butt kicked last summer after picking a fight with NFL player Sua Cravens over Instagram model Montana Yao? Whoa, wait, which player got his butt kicked, like, physically? Physical fight with an NFL player over an Instagram model. After a girl. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I feel like more Neil Johnson's the biggest tough guy out of all this, so I'm, I'm going to say he was someone that took it, you know, took it too, too far. James Johnson is undefeated in fights. Yeah, I guess. But this is a an NFL player. TMZ video. Malik Beasley last August fought oh, no. an NFL player in the apartment lobby. Oh, no. And you can just see him get his he's he gets washed. Oh, this no. guy he does not it's not good. So Yeah, like we're saying on defense. He's a little, he's a little thin. Little yeah, exactly. So oh, my uh, yeah, TMZ if you want to see that. Jesus. All right, Neil, which player holds an NBA franchise's record? For most three-point field goals made in a single season. Franchise record, most threes. Has to be, wow, was it was it Russell last year at the Nets? Or was it Beasley last year with the Nuggets? I'll say Russell last year at the Nets. Yes! With 234 three-pointers made in 2018-19, he passed Alan Crabb's mark of 201 set the year previous. So it wasn't last year. It was two years ago. Or no. No, no, 18-19. Last year, yeah. Last year, D'Lo set the record. The year before that, Alan Crabb, another Timberwolf, set the record for the Nets. Great net shooters. And then our final question, Neil. How many picks separated Beasley and Wancho in the 2016 draft? Ooh, I don't know this, but uh, I would imagine it's not too many. feels like they're both second half of the first round so maybe let me say four four picks <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> oh no way nuggets drafted wancho 15th and then drafted malik 19th Jeez, wow oh yeah exactly in the second half then yep good times all yeah. right well hopefully you've learned some new things about your new favorite wolves we know about these guys now Yep. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Scott. Wow, you've been holding on to some of those for a while. We've been we've been thinking about doing this quiz. Right. This quiz for a minute. You got to know about I, these I, new I guys. Just, I love diving into the fun facts. You know, the yeah. fun facts section of the media guide is my favorite part. Maybe next week we'll do some of the lesser lesser guys, some of the G League guys. We'll get Jacob Evans oh, and yeah. Amari Spellman and yeah. Cincinnati Bearcat Jacob yeah. Evans. We'll get, oh, okay. And uh, yeah, Jared Vanderbilt. On the team. We also learned this week that the Wolves have lots of guys with the first initial J. Oh, yeah. They have like nine players with the letter J as there is some tweet going around. <laughs> Leading the league in J's. Leading the league Wancho in J's. and Jalen and Josh. Yeah. And, you know, everybody else. J- I already said Jalen, but you can get the picture. <laughs> Jordan, McLaughlin. Jordan, yeah. All the J's. All those are in there. All right, you guys, that's a wrap for our show. We're back to finish out the season here. No more trips to Disney World for the foreseeable few months. No. We're just going to be doing podcasts, watching the Wolves, figuring out how the end of this season is going to, how it's gonna, all going to wrap up. And we're going to keep doing shows every single week. Thank you so much for listening. We're always on Canis Hoopist. You know where to find us over there. Also, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the places where you can find the show. Please recommend this to a friend if you know a Timberwolves fan who doesn't really have any podcasts to listen to. Please send them our way. They'll probably like our show. So, yeah, have them listen to us. That'd be really great. And, uh, yeah, we will return next week with another show. It'll be a good time. Find us there. Until then, farewell. Layman. Layman. Ah, yes, he is the white man. Ah, in transition he will run. Ah.
He's a master of gravity and cutting. It's very fun.